everybody. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. I'm Noah Drotty. That's Stu Neustadt. Fresh off the Division Three National Championship meet, Stu and I were in the booth calling that some amazing races. And now over the next couple of podcasts, we'll be bringing you some stories from that national meet. Before Stu comes on to introduce our first guest, just take a moment to say thank you for following along. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been around for a while, we really appreciate it. You can help out this podcast by sharing it with a friend. Spreading the word of D3 Glory Days is is much appreciated. If you like this kind of content, we have a lot more of it on our website, www.d3glorydays.com. And you can find us on social media as well, um, especially Instagram is, is updated frequently. We're also on Twitter. If you appreciate this content, you can support it with some links down below in the show notes, wherever you're listening. There's a link to our Venmo. You can think of that as our internet tip jar. Thanks to Jonathan for a generous donation he made this week. You could be like Shannon who made a generous donation this week. Thanks, Shannon. We really appreciate it. If you like this content, want to support it, we'd really appreciate it. Also want to give a quick shout out to our entire team who help us here at D3 Glory Days, especially Emily Richards, who wrote a lot of our preview articles over the last couple of weeks. Also a huge shout out to our photographers who were also a huge shout out to all of our photographers who were out on site during D3 Nationals capturing all the action and emotion. Siwan, Jin, Kyle, Parker, and Nico, thank you guys for all your hard work for making all this coverage come together. All right, that's enough for me. Stu, who did we talk to today? Yeah, before I begin, I want to give a quick shout out and a big thank you to Sarah. She helped support the episode as well. So thank you, Sarah. If you want to be like Sarah, listen to what Noah said, find our links in the show notes for a Venmo or Patreon. Today, we're joined by Ethan Gregg of UW Lacrosse, the men's individual champion in 2023. You'll remember Ethan from his disqualification in the track 5K final. It sent shockwaves across the nation and especially in the D3 world. I think a lot of people were cheering for Ethan and his redemption arc. He goes into, he went into the team strategy, which led to his individual strategy as well. Balancing individual victory, but coming up a point short on the team side. And he also went into how he balanced the dark times with that DQ and how he got himself out of it by training in Boulder. I really like talking to Ethan because he seems to sit down with us and he's really willing to process in real time the effect that all of these wins and losses and disqualifications, the effect that those things have on him. So really appreciate Ethan being so open with us, taking some time to sit down with us right after the national meet. I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation. So sit back, relax, and here's to the glory days. All right, welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Continuing on with our coverage of the 2023 D3 Cross Country National Championships. Joined now by the men's individual champion, the people's champ, Ethan Gregg. Ethan, welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, it's been a bit since we you know, got to talk to you. A lot's happened since your indoor 3K win. You've ran some fast times. You just won a national title. Has it set in that you are a cross-country national champion now? Probably not fully. Just with, you know, 
the team results might have, you know, uh, maybe offset me a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, it hasn't just set in yet. And maybe it's like some imposter syndrome, something going on. But yeah, not yet. I know it will set in. And when that does set in, I'm going to be grateful for it. <laughs> You're known in Division Three to be, you know, a tough runner, somebody who's going to go from the gun, any and all conditions. It doesn't matter. You have one card, you're going to play it. And that running style, that kind of romanticized running style, I think plays really well into cross country. And like a guy like that probably is going to excel at cross country. But here we are. It's your first cross country title. Does this one mean a little bit more than the track titles? I think so. I think... um. I just I think like most uh, kids like this is the sport that you get introduced to in running so for me to do something I never thought would be even imaginable like for like sixth grade me who started running in like parks uh, running like two mile races I yeah this is like the uh, whatever you want to say the if you want to call it like the fairy tale or the you know the storybook it just feels good. <laughs> You know, for someone who doesn't follow Division Three, they'll see you won, they'll click your T first, and they'll be like, This guy didn't win a race all year. How the heck did he win a national championship? But you you follow the sport, you dive into it. You did a lot more team running this year, it seems like. You know, from some of the videos Parker Max posts, you ran a lot with Isaac this year, you ran a lot with your pack, talking with your coach. It seemed like you're trying to bring those younger guys along and give them confidence. So was this the plan all along just to like kind of sit back and not show your full hand and then be Ethan Gregg on national Saturday? Yeah. I, yeah. Let's do a deep dive into this one. And if you're like a, like a really deep, like uh diehard fan, you like could kind of see what was going on, but um, yeah, it was a super meticulous buildup and um, decision by the coaches and by me and by the team to put team racing at the forefront of our priorities because we knew uh, going into the season that we uh, we had the puzzle pieces to contend for a title. And um, the only way to do that is together. It sounds corny. And then also it was partly, um, you know, kind of hiding my fitness. Uh, we wanted to keep that uh, card extremely close to our uh, chest. So for me, it was kind of like almost one big, long training block. Uh, to one race and that's kind of you know it's a little scary to do that <laughs> because throughout the whole season I had conversations with like family members and teammates they're like don't you want to know what it feels like to uh you gotta know what it feels like to race right uh before you go into a national meet and I'm like well it's like weaved into my DNA to know what it's like to race I, I don't think I'm gonna have an issue I don't think I'm gonna have an issue finding how that that hurt it was done on purpose for me to not race all season for me to have my legs best under me. And, um, it also involved bringing along my teammates, boosting up their confidence, uh, boosting our confidence with pack running. And, um, I think that showed, I mean, little by little, we kept showing that, Oh shoot. Yeah. Like we knew lacrosse was good, but they got seventh at Paul short. They, they, uh, dominated at nationals. They dominated at regionals and yeah, this whole, Buildup was just a combination of team, team, team. And I think when we got to that national meet, 
you know, a lot of what you talked about was on display. I mean, the confidence to go to the front and push like the racing was in your DNA. Like you said, there was no doubt about that. But we also saw that confluence of, you know, your individual strategy starting to to mix with the team strategy. I saw in a post-race interview, I think a post-race interview that G3 Glory Days did, maybe I'm wrong, but you said, you know, talking to your coaches, you knew that you could go out like you did. And if you bled, it wouldn't be that much. Like your worst position was, was going to be second at that point. Right. And so you kind of got to marry your personal ambitions with the team ambitions. Um, and it, and it worked out beautifully. It did. That's like the perfect, that's the perfect way of putting it. Because when we got to nationals and we had that conversation of like, okay, what's the game plan? Stan sat us down and they said that my team race plan is my individual race plan. And that's to stretch the field out painfully hard. Uh, so, so our guys are able to, you know, uh, play some Pac-Man and pick off guys along the way. But, um, it's fun. I don't know. It's just fun to race like that because I know it, uh, I know it, it's the way that I only feel best when I'm racing. And I know that it's the way that puts the team's best foot forward to place well. Were you surprised that no one came with you? Maybe Pasca in particular? Like, did you talk to anyone post-race? Because from our vantage point, you went and the pack just stayed where they were and looked like they're kind of turned into a Peloton type of situation. Like, were you shocked kind of no one went with you? Yes and no. I think, um, I think part of me was like, okay, I thought the pack would get out a bit hotter through the mile with me and then see what happens. But, um, from what my teammates told me, they said it was over at 700 meters about, I think I kind of have a kind of fear factor, uh, in that people know my game plan and they know it's going to hurt if they come with. And, you know, that's not like to sound, uh, confident or cocky, but guys do have to worry about the team race too. And, um, it's, Sometimes it's literally not not worth it if your team is in contention for a trophy to do something like that, you know? Well, it's interesting you say that because looking, you know, in hindsight now, I want to say like the top 15 guys were all part of a team. Like there wasn't an individual up until uh, Bradshaw Lathbury from Barry and Enrique Salazar from Manchester. So you're right. Like a lot of people had to deal with the team too that, did your coaches kind of look into that, who, who the individuals were that would be up front and realize like, wow, they're going to have team implications to go after. So we could probably take advantage of that. Yeah, no, that was definitely part of it. I think we knew that again, like it was going to be lacrosse, whitewater, um, Pomona, MIT, all those guys. And I think that's also why we positioned Isaac and math eyes where they were in the race. Um, because we knew that race was going to be, up in that top 20 and we know that we have like the guys that we have uh our top 20 guys in the nation but um yeah sometimes it doesn't work out <laughs> sometimes it, it uh guys sometimes bleeding guys blood that day and that's not, not just us that was like across the board it just seems like everyone really suffered on that court in, in, including myself i i bled <laughs> i know i bled but um yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you you went off the front. It it becomes clear early that you're going to win. Stu and, Stu and 
game of cast to make things interesting. And so we're like kind of dissecting your body language. Uh, and and to yeah, be honest yeah. with like kind of the big singlet, your arms are flailing. Sometimes you looked a little like disheveled <laughs> at times. And, and so there was a question like, okay, how is, how is Ethan feeling? Cause he's got a large margin, 20, 25 seconds. We know that that's just kind of how you run, but there is that question like, can he hold on to it? So yeah, you mentioned you bled a little bit. Talk, talk us through, like, was this hard for you? That was, yeah, that was like the most grueling pain. I think I've put myself through. I'd be lying if I said I felt fantastic through any part of the race. I think I realized at like 2k that this was going to be a a long day. (laughs) And, you know, when those invitations to, to lay off the gas, entered my brain that's when I put my head down and pressed harder sometimes that could be you know not the smartest move but um I kept finding more and more uh out of myself and my form you know you're correct in that an, uh, analysis is uh my body was like <laughs> my form was breaking down and that's actually a small uniform too that's a small but um no like, it's not that's not as small that, it was a small I'll, I'll send you it <laughs> but um i swear to god it's a small so the dickinson guys uh they call it, it's called kill hill once i crested over kill hill and that slight downhill um i had the uh oh crap this is it like this is all the juice i have like now you just have to get there and that that was with 3k to go <laughs> and um yeah i'm just grateful that i'm able to you know put my mind in that very dark place and just uh sit sit in it like a bathtub you know just soak in it how often were you checking behind you like were you constantly checking did you get any cues from people in the field like how much was your brain on keep going and how much was your brain on don't get caught so in my brain i don't remember ever looking back but i've seen multiple clips of me looking back and i don't i truly don't think that's out of out of like are they getting me i think that's out of instinct i'm yeah i haven't really dissected that one much but um i kept hearing he's coming he's coming and i heard like uh the bears jump i heard at one point like the bear jumped on your back like you know the saying like oh, you're geez. like guy i i literally heard someone saying you're dying <laughs> oh um, man ruthless yeah, and um <laughs> but he's like the bear jumped on your back and i was like oh jesus am i dying I was just more focused on coach told me to hammer. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hammer. And this is like, you know, think about each individual person that uh, helped me get to this point. And I didn't come this, you know, again, sounds corny, but I didn't come all this way to just pack it in after I feel bad. Like feeling bad isn't an excuse. (laughs) Like, it's just not. I'll say like the really the only interesting moment in the individual race, at least after after you took off was maybe a mile to go, like Patska made a big move. Oh, when we finally saw the drone come back. Yeah, the, the drone like was flying. The drone came up and Patska made a hard move into second and looked like he had like finally decided to chase you. Um, but it was a pretty short lived move. Uh, he ate into your lead a little bit, but not a whole lot. And so it, it seems like everybody was really kind of suffering to hold on in that last few K. And even though you were hurting at the end and, uh, I guess people were yelling horrible things at you, you, you were never really <laughs> in danger of relinquishing that lead. It seemed like. 
Uh, no. And, um, I had, I'm grateful cause I had teammates and, um, I had teammates along the way saying you have 30 seconds, you have 22 seconds. I heard like anywhere from you have 30 seconds to you have 22 seconds. And, um, in my head that didn't give me like, uh, looking back, I'm like, that didn't really give me much security. That just made me go. It was just like, just get to the, just get to the line. I was like, just get there. Like, I wasn't like that. Like, um, hearing that like that like i don't know it wasn't like a, a security cushion that was just uh okay he's like he's still there you know and so only yeah only thinking like just press <laughs> press well, until you can't anymore well now that we know that you did hear you know what some fans said what was what were some other like funny things that you heard from people on the sidelines i don't know i have a lot of goofy teammates uh so they'll be making funny. I don't know. I have this one teammate, uh, Parker Hewn, who, uh, he'll just ask me in the middle, like, uh, in the middle of races, he'll just straight up just say like in the most casual, like conversational way, like, Hey, how you doing, dude? And I'll just be, I'll just be like gasping for air. And then like all my teammates, uh, had pots and pans running around and they had a bunch of body paint over seeing them like, you know, so loose and having fun like all over the course it kind of helped me drop my shoulders a bit and realize like oh wait yeah this is for them this is for fun and that yeah again that's just uh that's just helps me press even more this must have been a really emotional day for you and we'll kind of get into that but before we kind of get into the you know team results of the race. I just want you to walk us through the emotion of crossing the line in first. And then I imagine you take a second to be really excited about your performance, but your attention must turn pretty quickly back to the finish line to see where your guys are at. So take us through kind of that period between you finishing and then before the results were official. Yeah. Okay. Um, cross the line uh stoked obviously um went over gave my one of my best friends uh chad franz a hug he's a uh, our team photographer this year but yeah immediately neck snapped backwards and be like okay where's isaac where's grant where's aiden and um seeing everyone come crashing in and um knowing that it wasn't where we pictured we would be uh ending up like Every again, like everyone bled. Isaac ended up 18th, I think, and Grant and Aiden uh, were in all American position with 2K to go, and that's not how they came across the line. And um, it was very much uh, I didn't know how to feel in the moment, to be honest, because again, like you know, I want to feel like I'm like you know I'm very happy that I uh won a national title individually, but at the end of the day, that's not what this sport is. It's, um, it's just about the team and, um, waiting for those, uh, team results and watching that we lost by, uh, one point was, um, yeah, heartbreaking, <laughs> uh, heartbreaking just cause just with knowing what was poured into this season from, from all those guys and like I'm gonna cry on D3 glory days again, man. <laughs> um 
I just uh so grateful for those guys and they're the whole reason I yeah. They're the whole reason I'm here and they're the they're the reason I'm pushing, they're the reason I race like that and God damn, I just love them. I love them to death and I'm so proud of them. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, a lot of guys are blaming themselves and at the end of the day, it's just, it's, um, this is just sport, man. And you gotta, you gotta just take some stuff to the chin and come back swinging. Is there, you know, obviously it's still raw and emotional, but is there any soulless in the fact that like you all put yourselves like in the position and gave yourself the opportunity to go win a national title? Obviously that last, you know, 2K slipped away a little bit there, but you guys, you know, through 6K, through maybe 7K even, like we're in position, executing the race plan, moved up from 10th at the mile mark. Yes, I think um there is no regrets with how we positioned ourselves, I think truly. And yes, we would have benefited from uh, more patience. <laughs> Definitely would have benefited from more patience, but um, we have some hard-nosed guys, and you know, when you tell them to put to put yourself in a certain position, they're gonna do it without question. Um, so again, we're you know, walking away with our heads held high because obviously we're not, obviously we're nowhere near happy with a second place finish, but um from where we're coming from and where this team is heading, it's, um, I think shrinking our bad days to second place in the nation. I think, uh, I think this team's in a good spot. What did the guys say to you when they learned that you won? This is why, you know, I love these guys so much. And it's, it was mostly, uh, not like the, it wasn't like a, what the heck it was, uh, like, yeah, I, I knew that, like, I knew you could do that. And, you know, to have, to have like a support system of like 30 plus guys, a whole coaching staff and all of them come over to me and be like, yeah, you did that. Like that, not that it was expected, but it was like, everyone knows what I'm capable of. And that just feels great that it wasn't like a, Oh my gosh. It was a, it was just like a good thumbs up. George Madison got a awesome video of you, you know, coming down the last 50 ish meters or so. And what really stuck out to me was like, you took one look back behind your shoulder and just let out a yes, like a very like pumped up. Yes. And it felt like there was so much behind that. Yes. Maybe I'm just reading into it because knowing your background and you know, the DQ from track, like how much of that yes was relief of just like everything that was on your shoulders from the 5k till this moment, like everything in that moment was worth it. And you kind of got your redemption arc, as you said, in one of our interviews earlier. Right. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that yes was very much a, a yes of like, like I, I showed it, I proved it. And, um, I guess if you want to do a deep dive, like the day we do, we do want to do a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the only reason yeah, we're here for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so DQ happened and, um, 
the race went off rather quick. I don't know what uh, or why in my brain. I was thinking, like, I don't know why I didn't just shut off and run out of the track and, I don't know, go find it. But um, for some reason in my brain, it just kept, I kept telling myself, like, you have to live this moment. You have to live this moment. And so I think I sat down on the side of the track and I just watched guys compete hard and wasn't, like, imagining myself, like, if I was in this race, like none of that, just really sitting with what just happened, not knowing how to process it. And I felt so much, um, so much guilt and so much, uh, from that because of, you know, the team title was like, it could have been flipped, uh, from that position. And, um, thank God, like, again, for my teammates, because there was no, there was no blame, there was no what ifs, it was only, Ethan, I love you, and Ethan, it's going to be okay, and Ethan, you're going to be back, like, those kinds of uh, conversations, and um, at least on the bus ride back, and um, to be honest, I didn't even uh, have time to, like, debrief with any of my friends back home or my parents because I got on the bus, drove back home from New York, slept, woke up, and drove 14 hours to Boulder the next day. Um, which isn't a smart thing to do when something traumatic like that happens to be 14 hours alone in a car. But those first few... um those first few weeks in Boulder were pretty, uh, pretty, pretty dark. Just couldn't get it out of my head. I was not sleeping and calling myself an idiot and, you know, just berating myself, uh, mentally about like, how did you let that happen? How do you, how do you fall, fall start a 5k? Like you dumbass, like, really not giving myself a break and I moved in uh with some Cornell College guys in Iowa that I just met through my coach those three guys uh Noah Gabe and uh Tyler three like the goofiest guys the guys that I think I needed to have at that time because um within the first few weeks that I was there they just started joking joking around about the DQ <laughs> and uh, and that's genuinely what I needed is um I needed guys to you know make me smile make me laugh and just be there for me and um it took I think the final nail on the call- coffin of like okay dude get the get the hell over it was I was calling my dad for like you know the hundredth time again just to kind of be like I'm sad and, um, or I'm depressed all that, you know, running through scenarios. And finally my dad just told me to shut up <laughs> and he's like, you know, you know, it happened, right. You know, it's over. That was the final get over it and put your head down and show them. It took a while to get back to a place where I wasn't mentally just, you know, beating down on myself because of all the team 
uh, implications. And I made the mistake of like reading Let's Run About Me. That was a terrible mistake on my part. Can't do so it. If, I, if I, Wait, so yeah, here's against a, you in that situation. Sorry, what was that? And not to bring that back up, like people were against you in that situation, like talking crap. There, there was some threads that I regret reading because now it still makes my blood boil. Now we don't have to get into it then. No, no, I I want to because I need to. I want to let the people know that Let's Run is full of. I mean, this isn't news. <laughs> like this is yeah, like. Yeah, there was just some comments that made me feel bad about my character. Um and it wasn't even it wasn't even about my racing or my running. Like I just saw some comments about like about my character and that's what really got me. I was like, Yeah, so that's the message is don't go on let's run, especially if you're, you know, if you get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I will say, like the way you rebounded from that, you you get disqualified in track, and then in cross country, you become the only guy in the country who can say that they could not have done any better for their team. Like you can't you can't get better than one point. And so for a guy who's so team oriented to have something like that, that's really devastating. Does it? is it comforting to know that you have that number one point next to your name and the cross country results? Cause a lot of people out there have the opportunity to second guess, ask themselves, what if I would have done this for you? There's nothing you could have done to improve your team standing. Right. I think there is a comfort in knowing that I did everything possible for this team. And, you know, right now I currently have six other teammates that are, really beating themselves uh selves up right now and i just you know yesterday two days ago i had a conversation with isaac and um i told him like we made a promise that like there was going to be no blame there's going to be none of that individual title it doesn't he because he 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 told me he felt bad because it felt like we couldn't um appreciate the individual title um and the team the team like not that it was blown over but he said he just felt bad because he felt like we didn't celebrate the individual accomplishment and it's i told him it's genuinely like yeah it's cool it's cool that i won and it's cool that people win individual titles but again it's it's just like basketball. It's just like football. It's, this is, it's no one's fault. It's just sports and it's just sport individual title in the grand scheme. Like, yeah, it looks cool on a resume, but it's not what this sport's about. You know, when you mentioned you went to Colorado and you were with Cornell guys, not your actual team, which helped you, but what also helped you get out the door to go on runs. So I feel like when you have something so traumatic like that, like takes away the love of running. Was it knowing that you had guys kind of count on you for the, the team battle for cross country? Like how did you not just either go on either extreme of just not training or like completely overtraining and giving yourself like zero opportunity, what you did, what you just did. Mm. That was, um, 
that was definitely my coach's biggest concern was this guy's about to go up to altitude and completely just grind himself into dust. But I don't know I don't know why, but for some reason my uh brain didn't even question like question like do I want to do this? Why am I doing this? Um the way whatever wiring is up there, it's uh it's only to be uh reliable and um i just saw a quote from uh drew bosley um i think he said something along the lines of reliable cannot be tentative that's what a good teammate is and that's what a good competitor is and i also was super cognizant in that like i know you're angry with yourself right now and I know you want, I know what you want to do to yourself, like in terms of like training wise, but I was able to have a super mature conversation, uh, with myself, uh, to really still attack the summer, how the summer is supposed to be intended. And again, I still had a ton of all my teammates and, uh, coaches there for me and like having those conversations and, the way my brain's wired, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't allow for, for thought intrusive thoughts like that. How'd you like training in Boulder over the summer? It was amazing. I mean, I was able to, I was able to get in a run with you were on the bike, but I was able to get in like a long run with you. That was incredible experience. Uh, true. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh Um, yeah. yeah. It was easy for me. (laughs) Um, but being able to yeah be out on dirt roads at altitude um seeing professionals and living the living i i was a, a day camp counselor at a rocky mountain day camp talk about uh, your schedule talk about your schedule a little bit before you go any further we talked about it when you were here but you you were working at like kind of crazy hours for somebody who moved here to run yeah, <laughs> yeah um so i would wake up around like five to five thirty run around six a.m work eight to four eight to four ish and then run again and then because <laughs> i'll be i was doubling most days uh at the hottest my, the hottest time of the day you were right, doubling. That, yeah that that too and there was some days where i saved my midweek like my thursday 15 miler for after work and yeah dumb (laughs) um but yeah it definitely wasn't a recipe for the best recovery but um i was able to stay uh on top of my body and made sure i was staying on top of the lifting and staying on top of the nutrition and also i think just all around being i genuinely think that the soft surface like played a huge role in uh staying healthy with like kind of not the ideal work my ideal work schedule and then i was also up on my feet all day uh running around with kids and um yeah it was a yeah not ideal work situation but i want i knew that i wanted to come out here at uh any cost so what's next for you what do you got on the docket what can we expect on the track? Are you gonna hit? Are you gonna hit it early? Try and knock out some qualifiers. Like, what's on the schedule? 
some needed downtime. Uh, I'll probably take a week, a week to maybe 10 days off here. And then I'll start the winter build uh, for the indoor season. There was what we were talking about earlier. There was a, there was a really real conversation about uh, getting in a half marathon and taking a swing at the OTQ. Some things didn't work out in our favor uh, in that uh, front. So uh, my road career is going to be postponed for a little bit longer. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully run some pretty fast times and when it time when it's time to compete, just compete. <laughs> if you and Patska, you know, go for the five k record attempt at some random home invite at Whitewater, do you want to give us a heads up? So I'm not just frantically <laughs> trying to find a picture of you guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. Are you going to go out east at all, or are you going to stay pretty local? Um, I th- there's a chance I might go to BU. There's a chance. Um. And if that entails, you know, taking a swing at a national record, um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But um, I know that uh, I know that opportunities aren't always uh, linear. So if I go to BU and run fast, like a a flashy time, cool. If I do it uh, in Whitewater, even better. <laughs> Well, Ethan, I think you're one of the most recognizable Division Three distance runners that we've ever seen. Your style is is predictable, but it's always exciting because the stakes are so high. And so I think uh, on behalf of fans everywhere, we want to thank you for making races uh, always so exciting. And we thank you for sitting down with us after Nationals, and we're really looking forward to following the rest of your collegiate career and beyond. Thank you so much. And, you know, thank you to you guys and thank you to to this whole division because just incredibly thankful. That's all I got. That's all for the continuing national meet coverage from D3 Glory Days. Thanks so much to Ethan Gregg for taking the time to sit down with us. Check the show notes below for ways to support your favorite Division Three running, jumping, and throwing podcast. We'll be back with another episode in your feed very soon. Until then, from Stu and I, here's to the glory days. Mm-hmm.